I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood atoning And I repented of my sin And won the victory Oh, victory in Jesus my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is to Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing floor. I heard about His healing, of His cleansing power revealing. How he made the lame to walk again And caused the blind to see And then I cried, dear Jesus Come and heal my broken spirit And somehow Jesus came and brought To me the victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me and bought me his redeeming blood He loved me ere I knew Him And all my love is to Him He plunged me to victory Beneath the cleansing flood I heard about a mansion He has built for me in glory And I heard about the streets of gold Beyond the crystal sea About the angels singing and the old redemption story And some sweet day I'll sing up there The song of victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me and bought me With His redeeming blood He loved me ere I knew Him And all my love is to Him He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, we have a wonderful place waiting for us. And the God that cannot lie has promised that He has gone to prepare this place for us. And you know we're going to walk with Him in the, in the, the new garden. We're going to walk with Him on the new earth. Adam and Eve walked with Him. And to walk with God is to be in unison with Him. Uh, Moses couldn't see Him but because His presence was so bright it would have just, probably His body just would have burned up because He was in sinful flesh. But when He comes back for us, we're going to see Him because we're going to be like Him. And His brightness is what's going to light up the new world. It's what's going to light up the new earth. We won't need the sunshine anymore because we'll always be in His presence. And His presence is light, isn't it? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the 
mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease, and to the end of the earth he breaketh the bow, and cutteth the spear in the sunder, he burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God, I will be exalted among the heathen, I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. See. Psalm 46 has a whole lot of reference to the flood, doesn't it? Brother James was reading it. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. We will not fear. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea. Well, that's exactly what happened, isn't it? In Noah's day, the wickedness of man was so great that God set forth to destroy man and everything on the earth except for a remnant that he saved. Very typical of what's coming in our future, isn't it? God's going to do that very thing. He's going to cleanse the earth again. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth descend from heaven. Yeah, he's going to do it again. And it's going to be just like it was in Noah's day. I believe it's going to be just like that. But praise God. Where we're going, verse 4 said, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, or provide everything that's needed in the city of God. We've studied this river already, haven't we? We've seen that even the tree of life, which is representative of the Son of God, exists and grows in that river and on both sides. We've seen that the Holy Spirit flowing from God through Jesus Christ provides all that His people need, always has and always will. All right, turn with me back to Genesis Genesis chapter 7. So we're all going to talk about the ark a little bit. Uh, before I went into the hospital, I came over one day and tried to draw a picture of the ark. It has its dimensions on it. Several things I want us to notice this morning. Actually, going to start in the sixth chapter of Genesis. A few things I want us to see. God said unto Noah in verse 13. Well, in verse 12, God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. God is going to cleanse us from sin. He purged this earth from it. 
the end of this present age and this present world and the world system, the end of it is, is, has come up. It's coming. In like manner as it did here. The end of all flesh has come before me. Or the time has come. The time had come. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And that is them that has corrupted their way upon the earth. And behold, wake up and listen to me. Behold, is what he was saying. Behold, what's he going to do? I will destroy them along with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Psalm 46 talks about the Lord being a refuge. Now that's what the ark was. It was a refuge in a time of total destruction on the earth. God's total destruction on the earth. God hates sin. He always has. He always will. Brother Chuck was talking about our advocate. That's a, that's a wonderful title of our Lord and Savior. Not just anybody can stand up for you in a court of law. They not only have to be qualified, they have to be certified, and they have to have the authority to be there. And our Lord had all of those things when He stood up for us, didn't He? And He does have all authority in heaven and on earth. We looked at how uh, the ark was built of this particular gopher wood that it was designed to be uh, basically impenetrable or resistant at least to anything on the outside of this structure that God's having Noah build. It was particular wood. God grew the tree. Every one of those trees, God grew every one of them. And he had specified those trees for this refuge, for this remnant of his people. Mm -hmm. He's in control, isn't he? Mm -hmm. All the way through. All the way through this Bible, God is in control. Guess he lets man go and man sins and fails over and over, doesn't he? He turns from God to his own idols over and over. And over and over through God's book, we see God's hand in straightening man back out. And it hurts and it's devastating. <clears throat> this was a devastating event. Millions of people died. Millions of them. God specified a particular wood for Noah to build this ark out of. And he tells him in this same verse, verse 14, Genesis chapter 6, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark. We looked at that, and that means nest or even resting places. 
room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And we saw that this pitch is representative of the Holy Spirit of God. We noticed that he was instructed to pitch this vessel inside and out. And we saw from that, I brought up what I believe the fact that we are sealed inside and outside of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit of God. We're sealed. And just as nothing could penetrate this wood, I'd say that it was resistant, but then he sealed it with pitch. Then it moved from resistant to proof. Now it was impenetrable because of this seal. We face a lot of resistance, don't we, in our daily lives? We do. Let me tell you that your life is impenetrable unless God sees fit to allow the enemy or Satan to affect you. He can't. He doesn't have access to you because you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And God allowed Satan uh, to tempt Job and to put Job through a lot of trials, including the loss of his family and all of the things that Job went through. Even Job's wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Give up. But he didn't. He didn't because his life was untouchable. And when God said that very thing, uh, when he met with the sons of God, uh, he told Satan, he said, you can touch his body, but don't touch his life. He doesn't have access to our hearts that are sealed in Jesus Christ. So we see the ark is a perfect type of Jesus Christ. In the ark, when they came into the ark, uh, they were in a place of God's power, God's design. He designed the ark. It was perfectly designed. I think I mentioned uh, a week before last now that uh, it wasn't too small and it wasn't too big. Knowing that God brought the animals in and Noah wasn't out there catching them and trapping them and bringing them in, they came because God called them into the ark. Knowing that, then we know that each animal, that specific animal was designated by God to make it through the destruction. He created them too, didn't he? The same creator of the gopher trees created each one of those animals. It was a place of refuge. It was a place of peace in there because they were sealed in from the outside world that would destroy them if it could. Certainly it was a place of planning by God. A place of providence and provision. Great protection. Promise. They were moving to a new world. 
the earth was completely cleansed. Very typical of us being in Jesus Christ through the upcoming storm of God's perfect, righteous wrath against sin. It's coming. It is really coming. Hell is a real place. But being in our resting place in Him, we are safe being sealed. Now this ark was big, wasn't it? I drew my rendition of the ark up on the whiteboard and showed some of the dimensions there. It was extremely large. Uh, There were a couple of different cubit uh, specifications that people use. But whatever it was, a cubit is from the elbow to the end of your middle finger. I've always uh, heard it was 18 inches. But uh, a lot of theologians say no. Back then they were using 20.4. Whatever it is. Yes, 20.4. Which brings the length of it to 510 feet. 51 feet high and 85 feet wide. Just to put that into a little bit of perspective, that would give it a displacement of about 20,000 tons. Not too far from what the Titanic was. Just a quick word about the Titanic. (laughs) God built the ark. It had no chance of sinking and the people in it dying. Men built the Titanic. Historians tell us that I think it was a reporter. Somebody said, even God Almighty can't sink the Titanic. That was probably a mistake. But it did sink, didn't it? And there was a terrible loss of life. And I tell you, the ones in the ark, they were completely safe. They were completely safe. They trusted in God's design. They trusted in God's plan. Hebrews 11 tells us that it's by faith that Noah built the ark. Don't you know he was ridiculed on a daily basis? He out here in dry land building a, a ship this size. But he kept going in obedience and faith, didn't he? So again, just for perspective, the ark's five and a half million cubic feet would hold about 522 railroad cars, livestock cars. 522. That's a lot. Especially when you figure they can get about 250 sheep on each car. There were a lot of animals on the ark. A lot more than I have always thought. Possibly thousands of species. Fifteen, no telling. Twenty thousand species, maybe. A lot. There are species on this earth that we don't even know about yet. Probably a lot of them. But again, it was the perfect size. 
God knows every one of his people. He knew there were going to be eight souls in the ark. He knows how many are sealed in Jesus Christ too. Because he's in control of it. He's a great Savior. I brought up in Leviticus over in the 17th chapter this same word for pit is used for atonement. And I mentioned something about the door being in the side of the ark. That was the only entrance. There was no other way in. None. Hollywood put out a movie about the flood. And and we saw it. In, in the movie, they had Tubalcane or somebody found another way in and swam and got up and snuck in and was saved. There was no other way in. There is no other way to God, your Savior, but through faith in Jesus Christ. No other way. It's the only entrance. What's going to happen to all else that don't enter into that door? They're going to be destroyed, aren't they? And it's going to be a forever thing. That's the thing. They're not just going to cease to exist. But they're going to die forever. Just as those in Christ are going to live forever. Because we're going to be safe in Him. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 states this. start in verse 6. So I'm in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, unmerited favor, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. How did He make us accepted in the Beloved? There's your advocate, brother. He stood in our place. He stood in our place when He lived His life because He didn't fail. He didn't sin. He stood in our place when He hung on the cross for us because we deserved to be there. He didn't. But because of the love that He has for you, He went there and He gave His life for us. And He has made us accepted. There's no other way to be accepted but through God. There was no other way into the ark but through that one door. Designed by God, opened by God, closed and sealed by God. Verse 7, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His unmerited favor, riches of His grace, wherein, in that grace, He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself. How many people did God purpose to save from the flood? Eight. How many were saved? Eight. How many animals did God purpose 
to say the exact number that came into the ark. That's how many. No, I don't know how many. But there were a, a lot. Verse 10 says that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Those that were to replenish the earth after the flood. God knew who they were. Of course, he created them. And he was faithful. And he gathered them together in the ark as he gathers us together in him. No other name by which we must be saved but Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Verse 11 says, In whom also we obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Now, verse 13 says, In whom ye also trusted. Okay, when? When did we trust in Him? In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth. Hebrews tells us that Noah built the ark by faith. Faith in what? The wood? No. Faith in God who created and grew the wood. Faith in God who designed the construction of the ark. The engineers who have researched uh, the design and construction of the ark say it's perfect. It's perfectly balanced. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Noah was seen as righteous by God. Was it because Noah didn't sin? No. Well, the Bible says he's perfect in his generations. He was. Which simply means that that lineage from uh, from Adam, Seth, to him wasn't infiltrated. It wasn't contaminated. And that's true all the way to Jesus. All the way to Joseph and Mary. God protected the seed. So Noah heard the word of God. God said, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I'm not going to put up with this sinfulness the level it is in the world. He told Noah that. He said, I'm going to destroy the earth and everything in it with a flood. And Noah believed him. And God said, but here, here is your way out. Because you believe me, because you trust in me, because you're standing on what I tell you, here's your way out. 
You're going to build this ark by my instructions. He trusted God. And we see over and over that Noah did as God instructed him. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. There's Noah. There's us. We trusted God after we heard the gospel of our salvation. Well, we probably heard it before that day that we heard it. But we didn't hear it spiritually. But you see, the Lord, Holy Spirit, made it effectual to He applied it to us. Now, Noah was seen righteous in God because he trusted in the Son of God way before the time. But he knew he was coming. All the way from the Garden of Eden, man knew it. Those that believed in God. They knew the Lord was coming. The gospel of your salvation, verse 13, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Noah and his family were sealed in that ark. They were safe in that ark all the way to the new world that God had planned for them. You are safe if you're standing on the rock of Jesus Christ this morning all the way through God's righteous judgment on this earth. You're safe because you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. Paul tells us over in Romans that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of the God that gave His life for you. You're safe. I tell you, the perseverance and preservation of the saints is a wonderful, wonderful doctrine. It gives us that assurance that though we face trials, though we go through problems and troubles and pain, we are going to a new place And we're going to be safe till we get there. And it's going to be nothing but holiness. We're not not just going to be floating spirits in heaven. No. No, the, the Bible describes heaven as a real place. The new earth will be a real place. We'll be walking. We'll be talking. I believe we'll be eating and drinking. We're going to have a new body. Jesus did all those things. And He had a sinless body, didn't He? Adam and Eve did all those things. Before the fall, they had sinless bodies. It's going to be a wonderful place. All the wonderful things that you can come up with and think of on this earth, you can magnify that by millions of times. That's how wonderful our life is going to be with Him. It's a wonderful place. We need to look a lot more up. A lot more into the future. The future that is sealed in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and safe. He's a marvelous Savior, isn't He? Marvelous Savior.